What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Saturday, November 29th, 2014. You guys are listening to episode number 187. Uh, can't believe how close it's getting to 200 episodes. This is the holiday weekend Thanksgiving version of TVE. So uh, I hope everybody had a good holiday. Um, I, I had to do this late. Unfortunately, I did actually want to get it out on Friday. Like I mentioned, it was going to be out on Friday due to the holiday. But yesterday was just uh, hectic. We had a ton of snow up here where I live. And uh, with the holiday and people coming here and, you know, it was just uh, last night it would have been, you put it this way, if I would have done this yesterday, you guys would have gotten 50% of the show and I did not want to do that. But I'm here, I'm refreshed uh, the show gets to, you know, regularly scheduled uh, Wednesday nights next week. Um, but this is, again, the Thanksgiving version of TVE, episode 187. Thank you guys for uh, being aboard, listening to this one. Again, I hope everybody had an amazing Thanksgiving. Hope you uh, spend time, quality time, not just time, because a lot of times you could spend time with people that you really don't give a shit about. Family members that just come and go, same as always. But hopefully you were with the um, the immediate family that you really loved and that you wanted to be with and spent a good quality time. I know I did, and that's what it's all about. Uh, before we get into the show, got a shout out. The sponsor, the Versi Effect sponsor, GonzoFame.com. Check out GonzoFame.com. That's G-O-N-Z-O. Fame, F-A-M-E.com for the best, most in-depth, interviews with your favorite comedians of today. Recently, uh, comedian Joe Bartnix was up. Uh, there will be one with uh, Tommy Davidson. And um, it's just a, a great website for um, just every uh, comedian that you like. Uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're way up through the business and great stories and cool things that happen to them. So check out gonzofame.com, the sponsor of the Verzi Effect podcast. And I hope everybody over there had great holidays as well. Now, it snowed here. I don't know if it snowed where you guys were, but uh, New York, not New York City. I'm in the suburbs of the city, so my where we are got probably like six to seven inches of snow. And um, it would have been really cool if it was Christmas time because it would have had that whole feel because, you know, and we have all these trees and the snow on the trees. It looks awesome. But no, it was Thanksgiving. There was a shitload of snow. And uh, I had to get three cars, bury... Get three cars out that were buried under snow yesterday, so it was um, it wasn't the greatest, but it did look amazing up here. I love when it's I'm a snow guy. I like the snow, and I know people are like oh well, wait till you get older. You know you're gonna not want to deal with it, and maybe that's true. But for now, I think a little. You know, don't get me wrong. Like three feet of snow is annoying, but a little. You know, couple inches, nice little flurry. I like it. Why not? Why not? You know, not getting it sucks. That's how I look at it. You know, if you're in L.A. or Florida and you never, ever get snow ever, I don't know. That sucks. I think snow toughens you up, too. I think the toughest people come from where the weather could be a little rough. You know, I think you're a little soft if you always just want to fucking be laying out on a deck with the sun. You're a little soft. Granted, I get it. You have a nice tan. You relax. I get it. It's probably less stressful. I understand. But it also says something about your character that, you know... You're, you're afraid of the rough days. You're afraid of a little bump in the road. That's how I look at it. I got a lot of stuff to talk about here on this uh, show. 
Uh, I might even have two unacceptables. I don't know. I had no intention of doing another unacceptable. But yesterday, something happened where I was so enraged that I, I it took everything I had to not say something to this kid. I'll get into that after. Um, but the Thanksgiving dinner that we had was great here. It was immediate. I just had the immediate people. My family, my mother-in-law, you know, um, brother-in-law, and that's it. So it was my family, my mom, you know, my siblings, and then my wife's brother, my um, my mother-in-law, and um, it was just nice to just chill, drink, you know, didn't, again, I'm still doing my Thanksgiving thing, which I recommend to everybody, don't eat like an absolute animal. That's the problem. People make a mistake. They eat and they gorge themselves like an animal. They just start throwing shit down. They have two, three plates because, hey, it's Thanksgiving, so let me shove this hole in my face with as much food as I can. No, that's not what you do. You get the pinch of the stuffing. You get the pinch of the mashed potatoes and gravy. You get some turkey. You get your cranberry sauce or whatever else that's there. There's always a relative that brings their specialty coleslaw or something like that. So you just try it all, and then you get a little full. And when there's a little more room, you pick what your favorite things were. You take a little more of that, and you save room just a little bit for like your favorite little dessert there. And that's it. That's it. You don't feel disgusting. You don't fucking feel like you need to roll on your side because you can't move. It's the best way to do Thanksgiving. You get the taste. It makes you look forward to it the next year. Instead of doing the rookie move, it's almost like when you're a kid, right? And you go to a club and you were willing to spend $25 to walk into a fucking nightclub, which is basically a bar with loud music. And then it takes you 15, 20 minutes to get, you know, a drink. And it's just loud. You're screaming. And you just, it's almost like you're just there to be there. Then, when you get a little older, you realize, why would I even go there? I'm going to have a few of my closest friends at my house. We're going to get hammered here. We're going to smoke some sticks. We're going to drink some scotch. Maybe watch a movie. The friend who always has the weed will come. We'll take some hits of weed. We'll do all that. It'll be a great time. And we could actually hear each other. And we have all the booze we want. You know, for a lot cheaper and better. That's the that's the veteran move. The rookie move is just to go all in. And that's what people do at Thanksgiving. Unless you just can't help yourself. Because I don't, I don't know. But I, that's what I did. And uh, it helped. You don't gorge yourself. You know, people use excuses. I'll have four cupcakes and 15 cookies. It's Thanksgiving, right? It's just fucking awful. You throw in like 9,000 calories in your body. Not to mention the amount of booze that you drink. I'm doing this new thing where when I drink, I drink really strong scotch that you just could sip so the day goes by instead of throwing 19 beers down the hatch. But I got a lot of stuff to talk about. I got some serious stuff to talk about on the show. Um, I was there's actually a lot of a lot of stuff that uh, happened that I was like, oh man, I mentioned that before. I want to talk about that. Um, a lot of sports on this one. And yes, Bill Burr. Uh, I will go at Bill Burr a little bit on this one because he went at me on the Monday morning podcast, and I'm going at him with this with the Odell Beckham catch and the Babe Ruth. 
Okay, because it's absolutely ridiculous. I'm standing my ground 100% on that. So that's coming too. First, I want to talk about... um. Yeah, first I want to talk about this um, this Mike Brown verdict in the case with the police. I had no intention, absolutely no intention of talking about this on the show. There were a million posts on Facebook where everybody needed to be heard and have their fucking voice heard because they think that their post matters when it really doesn't. Okay, especially when this shit has to do with government and indictments and police. It doesn't fucking matter. And as much as that's like, well, everyone's got to vote. I listen, I understand you want to be upset and you want to say things fine, but I couldn't get involved. I couldn't just be another person on Facebook saying my opinion, saying this. It's very easy to point your fingers and do things when the media gives you certain things in bits and pieces. And make no mistake about it, the media does not give you all of the information and all of the right information. And I, I stayed away from it. And I bit my tongue and there were things I wanted to say. And I was like, why would I... Not only get myself fired up, but probably get into an argument on Facebook, which I really don't fucking need right now. You know, what happened is horrible. At the end of the day, somebody lost their life and nobody wins. You know, the cop doesn't win. Obviously, the victim doesn't win. The victim's family, the cop's family, because they get threatened. Nobody wins in these horrible situations. Okay? But I want to say this. Everybody was coming out talking about, and you guys know my stance on shit. You know, if you listen to my show and you know me, and don't worry, I'm not going to bore you with this whole fucking thing, this episode. I'm just going to get this out of the way and talk about this and, and you know, in a few minutes here and then, and then we'll be on our way. No, but what I want to say is that nothing is black and white and every situation is different, okay? Now, the fact that people are posting things saying that there is a war going on between police and killing young black people, um, I think that there are some bad policemen that probably make bad judgments and, 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 and you know, are quick, you know, to pull the trigger. And th- those guys should be fucking, you know, obviously taken to trial and, and, do, and, and all the things that... that all the procedures that need to happen for a guy that does that and is not doing the right thing and is willing for the loss of life or or doesn't look out to preserve life first, okay? But I also think that the best tweet that came out of this whole thing was Kevin Hart. Uh, comedian Kevin Hart said, you know, and and it made the most sense. He said, you know, not all policemen are bad. Not all blacks are criminals, you know, not everything is like that. Let's just let's just get equal together, and and that's really what what my thing is on the whole thing, you know. I, and, and it's not black and white. I'll be honest. I think that the Trayvon Martin thing. I think that I think what that guy Zimmerman did was completely wrong, and I think his actions are the reason that kid is dead. I don't think that that kid should be dead. Okay. Now I don't think Mike Brown should be dead either, but I just don't know the facts of that, and I don't know what's going on with that. You know. If Mike Brown jumped into the cop car or punched the guy and jumped into the cop car and reached for his gun, then you know what? Whatever happens, happens to him. I mean, that's just a fucking crazy decision. If 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 the eyewitnesses are telling the truth and that he attacked the cop and tried to grab the cop's gun, then whatever. If the other people saying that he put his hands up and surrendered and got shot 12 times, then that's fucked up. It's like, why can't it just be that? 
Why does it have to be this whole fucking, like, why can't it be individual things? I understand. People say, oh, well, it keeps happening. Listen, I am not here to say that cops don't fuck up and cops don't make bad decisions. I'm not here to say that. But I'm also not here to say that every single cop looks for a young black kid and tries to assassinate him. That's crazy, too. You know, I recently saw a video that my friend Tom Lewis put up on Facebook. And it was of that 12-year-old boy with the pellet gun. And the cops showed up. And the cops took him down real quick. Now, in my opinion, when I watched that, it looked like to me that there was like a scared, confused 12-year-old boy sitting there. It did not, for me, and again, this is just for me. All I'm saying is from what I witnessed here. Because I would say it the other way if it was the other way. I will say what I see. I have no affiliations with any of these fucking people. You know, I have friends who are cops that I love. I know cops that are pieces of shit and want attention. I've seen it all, and 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 and, and that's just how I feel. I am going to say what I see and what I feel, really, without any political affiliation. And my, my suggestion to everybody is try to take yourself out of, and it just took, it took me a really long time to do it. It really did because you would you would I would get upset and hear something, but then I always tried to put my put myself in the other situation and listen to what they said, and and it really it was hard to do. It's really hard to do, to 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 not to to kind of go where you're leaning, or not or or just go where. I don't know, when, when your family is affiliated with something or you grow up with something, it's really hard to not lean that way. But if you get older and you could think for yourself, the best thing to do is to really take in both sides and see where both people are coming from, okay? But as far as this, what I saw in this clip of this 12-year-old is I saw cops show up to a scene and take this fucking kid down real quick. You know, and for me, it's like, go far back, get on that fucking megaphone or speaker and say, look, dude, you're going to be hurt. We don't want to kill you. Just put down the thing, walk towards the car and do that. It did not look, this looked like cops that just showed up to a scene. There's no way that there was a loudspeaker announcement and then the cop cars pulled up the way that they did. That It's just, it just, that would be the craziest thing to me. Now, I'm not a, listen, I, I, I'm not a police officer by any stretch of the imagination. I respect police officers, and I know they have a hard job, and their lives are at risk all the time, and they do protect us, and I've been around great cops. I'll say that. But in this instance, this kid got rolled up on, he looked shocked and surprised, and then he got shot, and his life was gone. And it looked to me that the cops made a fucking horrible decision. And if there was outrage in that community, I would actually accept that and be like, you know what, dude, that was fucked up. And it brings me back to a story that um, when I was a little kid, I'll never forget this. When I was 12 or 13, all I wanted was this like CEO, CEO cartridge. Um, see, what's the car? Not CEO. What the fuck is the, the, the air cartridge, whatever. Um, CEO is a company. Um, this pellet gun that my dad got. Um, and he got it for me on my 13th birthday. And my parents are divorced and I came home with it and my mom was really, really pissed off. Really pissed off. Like so upset that I got it and I remember we got into a big fight and my older brother kind of stuck up for me because I was just a kid who wanted the fucking gun. You know, I wanted a pellet gun. I didn't know, you know, fucking, you know, shoot cans, target practice, whatever. And um, it's actually the time I shot a Blue Jay and felt so fucking bad that I, I cried and I never shot I never shot at anything again. Uh, but... 
you know, because you don't eat Blue Jay. You don't hunt and eat Blue Jay at 13. <laughs> but so um, I was just thinking about it and I was excited to have the gun. And I remember I wanted to show my friends and it just made me feel like what if I was in a park with it and I was sitting there. And what if my mom yelled at me? And this is a hypothetical, but just think about this for a second because this, this shit can happen. What if I felt real bad that my mom yelled at me and was upset that my dad got me the gun and I was confused because my dad, who I love, got me the gun and it's what I wanted. But my mom and dad got divorced and she didn't want it. And I'm just sitting there. So I decided to just walk to a park and sit there. And, and it just made me realize that me or my friends could have been that kid sitting there with a pellet gun, upset, confused, and then cops just come and fucking end my life right there. And that's what that situation looked like to me, and that's why I brought that up. And uh, that's why I I was like, man, that was really fucking awful, and it really bothered me to see that. But when a fucking thug acts a certain way or tries to attack a police officer, then I think whatever happens, happens. If you would, This is what I believe. I believe anybody in this world, if you attack a police officer, even if you're right, like, even if you're right, even a police officer, like, smacks your mother and starts beating your mother, and you if you run after a police officer to physically hurt him, the law is against you. Now, now it's like whatever happens to you is okay, and you gotta fucking be, you know, really careful and understand that. Um, but the clip that I've seen of the young kids, so the only thing I'll say is this, I, I think that um, a lot of, a lot of people's outrage and stuff, I think, is... Um, very media driven. I think a lot of people see what the media says and and get you all excited and riled up. And I think that nobody should really be able to say or have the, the, um, you know, nobody should be able to be on a platform to start people getting like anxiety and rioting. You could, do you understand that like one post can get you crazy you know, like, you ever go to a news channel? My buddy Giannis Papa said it great. Like, Fox News can get you riled up. And then you go to the to the opposite extreme, and then they get you riled up. And then you're like, oh, fuck. And then whatever side you choose, you get crazy. And then everything you see online, you agree with that's within your, you know, opinion. Like, yeah, no, I can't. No, this is outrageous. Oh, fuck it. And then it's just, yeah, they should burn it down. And it's like, unless you see it, unless you see what happens... Because then you could be like, no, that cop was a piece of shit. I saw what happened. The guy was trying to surrender. The cop fucking shot him 12 times. That cop is a piece of shit, and this is ridiculous. Or you could be like, no, dude, the cop was telling the guy to calm down. The cop, the guy ran at the cop, tried to grab the cop's gun, and would have killed the cop. The cop did what he had to do. And either way, you have the right, you have the right thing. But until then, I just go, look, man. It sucks. There's some bad people out there, some bad cops out there, and the media is going to just get people riled up. And that's why I tried to stay away from it. So I guess what I'm trying to say in this portion of the show is um, I'm not going to say unless you see something, shut up. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. But I just feel that you have to understand that things are skewed a certain way, especially with the media on both sides. And that's why I didn't really want to talk about the thing. At the end of the day, a dude lost his life. And, uh, and a cop, his family is now threatened and, um, he's, you know, whether he's lying or not, it's just fucking the whole thing sucks. So I didn't want to put anything on Facebook, but I guess I just wanted to talk about my opinion here real quick. And it was only until when I saw this, the young boy that got killed in the park. 
that uh, I was like, you know what, after seeing that, I was like, let me just address this then. I had no intention of doing it otherwise. So that's my thing on that. I just hope that, um, you know, what can you say? You just hope that the shit stops. You just hope that fucking people can learn from this and just be, uh, you know, just fucking stop, dude. I mean, I don't know what else to say. You know, it doesn't help when you see people running out of fucking stores with TVs and shit, you know. I never understood that. That's like almost comical to me, though. Like that something bad happens, right? Something crazy. You know, whether some controversy, something, you know, even like if a team wins and there's rioting and they're flipping over buses and stuff. It just, I just always found it funny that like once a riot starts, people just start running out of fucking stores with like radios. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, I mean, I get it. Some people are broke and they use it as an excuse. But, like, you can't justify it. Like, yeah, no, they tragically killed that guy. Okay? I don't know why I got a 70-inch under my arm right now. But they tragically... Things aren't black and white, people. Take things for the in- to, for each situation and that's it. Pick your battles. And speaking of picking your battles, I have some advice about men and women fighting. All right. I know some of you are laughing right now, but I'm serious. I figured it out. You know, Jesus Christ. I just knocked something down. I figured it out. That was this uh, cue saying, don't do it because you're wrong. No. Here's the thing you have to learn to pick your battles with your woman, you have to be smart. Okay. Because women are really smart. They're very, um, they're, they're, their plan is thought out. And then God forbid you do prove them wrong, then they just fucking lose it on you. So it's really hard for you to win. So what you do is you pick your battles with her. Don't, even if you know you're right or if you know, when you know it's not going to go good with her, kind of just step back. I'm not saying be a pussy, but just step back and be like, where is this statement going to get me? Okay, this statement is going to make me probably not get laid for a while. This statement is going to cause uh, just it's just going to cause a fight. It's going to be, you know, tension in the house which nobody fucking needs. All right? So just hold back that statement. Try to later when things are happy, try to get your point across another way, of maybe a fun-loving way, a joking way, but just take yourself back. I'm telling you, it's the same thing as the turkey plate. Instead of filling it up crazy and going nuts, just be smart. Portion it out, enjoy it, and you just wait and you'll feel better. Same thing with arguing, same thing with everything. That's the theme of this show. That's it. Don't just jump on one side like, you know, like any kind of big, uh, uh, you know, argument or controversy. See everything, step back. I guess what I'm trying to say is step back. Take yourself out of it and look on the outside looking in, open to everything. Same thing with your woman. Your woman will fucking make your life miserable. Because when they are not fucking happy, and women, I know you listening to this right now, some of you don't like it, some of you are laughing, some of you are agreeing, but it is what the fuck it is. When a woman is not happy, everybody in her everybody in the vicinity feels it then they're not happy, and it's just a nightmare. When a woman is not happy and truly upset, it it's not just her. 
Even when they try to hold it in and act like it's just her, and they start to, nothing, no, nothing, nothing, never mind, doesn't matter, doesn't matter, never mind, it doesn't matter. Right there, that whole fucking, doesn't matter, never mind, doesn't matter. Yes, it does matter because now I'm fucked up. Now my day's fucked up because it does matter because you're acting like that. If it didn't matter, you'd be smiling and hold it in and ignore it and fucking go deal with it on your own, but you're not. Don't do it. Don't even let it get to that point. Leave it alone. Chris Rock had a bit where he goes, just say yes to everything. Now, I'm not going to say that, but, you know, my wife will say, hey, do you want to go to so-and-so's house? They invited us. Normally, I would try everything I can to get out of it. You know, I would try, you know, pitching out of that jam. But you know what? Just like, yep, let's go. And you know what? Your life gets easier because of it. There's no, there is no smarter animal than a woman. And sometimes there's no more irrational than a woman. But either way, you're fucked on both ends. Because when they're smart, you lose. And when they're irrational, you lose. Damn, that's knowledge right there. Verzi Effect Podcast, episode 187. With me, your host, Paul Verzi. Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. All right, now I got to get into something here. All right, here's the deal. You guys, so I'm getting into sports right now. I'm going to get into sports, then I'm going to do movies, and then we will close this episode out with the unacceptables for the week. All right. Here's the deal. The Odell Beckham Jr. catch, the New York Giants against the Cowboys. If you don't think that that was the greatest catch ever, you are out of your fucking mind. I am not saying this because I'm a Giants fan. Okay? The greatest catch I've ever saw in center field was not Willie Mays. It wasn't a robbed home run. The greatest catch I ever saw in center field was by Coco Crisp in, I believe it was 08 or 09, in center field when he was with the Red Sox. And there was this line drive ball that was just scorched to center field. And he laid out like Superman going backwards and made the catch. And it was the best catch I've ever seen. Now I hate the Red Sox. And I'm not really a fan of Coco Crisp. But I call it how I see it. The Odell Beckham Jr. catch was... Now listen, and here's the other thing that people don't understand. Okay? And this is why Bill Burr, who I love to death... Okay, I love Bill Burr. Dear friend of mine, okay, he drives me fucking nuts with this shit. There is a difference between the biggest catch and the best catch. Now, the biggest catch, you have to say, would come in the Super Bowl. And by the way, the David Tyree catch, give me a fucking break. Listen, it was a great catch, and the fact that the ball, he kept the ball off the ground like an inch was absolutely amazing. You know, the helmet catch, it was great. But at the end of the day, it was a jump ball. Him and a defender went up. He had two hands to get it, and then he put it up against his helmet. I get it. It was a great catch in the biggest moment. So I'll say, that is one of the biggest catches in NFL history. One catch that doesn't get talked about enough is the Santonio Holmes uh, catch from Roethlisberger to him in the end zone. He laid out... Caught it, both feet inbounds to win a Super Bowl. That's one of the biggest catches. Maybe the biggest catch in that I've seen in the NFL. Okay? But there's a difference between biggest catch and best catch. Biggest catch is moment, winning a championship. Clutch, big time moment. 
best catch is athletically, how the fuck did he do that? That is what the Odell Beckham, the Odell Beckham Jr. catch, and I looked at a bunch of them. Yes, I know Lynn Swan. Give me a fucking break. The Lynn Swan catch was great. He bobbled it, but his eyes were on it the whole time. It bobbled and, and went in his hands. It's a great catch in the Super Bowl. Whatever. It's a great catch. It's, it's one of the biggest catches in history. But athletically, no. Athletically, it's almost insulting. It's actually insulting to put it with the with the Odell Beckham Jr. catch. I think it's insulting to say the Odell Beckham Jr. catch. Think about let me put it in perspective how serious this catch was. Not only is it a 50-yard bomb, okay? 50-yard bomb, which was more was was further than all these other fucking on catches that they'll, they'll show you the biggest and best. It's a 50-yard bomb with a guy who runs a 4-3-40 sprinting down the fucking field. All right, with a good cornerback on him. That's the thing. That that Dallas uh, that Dallas CB is good. Okay. Then, bef- ten yards before he hits the end zone, there's pass interference on him where the guy pushed, and then he kind of pushed back. So there's all kinds of shit going on with their hands. Then this kid jumps backwards, and he didn't fucking just lay out with his arm back. His body bent in half. Okay, the fucking opposite way our spine is supposed to go. Leans back with one catch, grabs it on the fucking cone with two fingers and a thumb. When they froze it, he caught the ball with three fucking fingers. And managed to pull it in with one hand, never used his other hand because he didn't need to, and then he gets in the end zone and it's a touchdown with the pass and the first goal. That is the best athletic catch that is that I have ever seen now, I know there was a couple of people posting shit about college. Fine. But even though, and then people were like, well, this matches it or this is close to it. Listen, close doesn't fucking matter. A close second doesn't matter. And it, it, that was the fucking best catch probably that I've ever That's the best catch, I think, in NFL history. Okay. Uh, I don't, I can't say high school, college and all that because I, I haven't seen, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure there's stuff that people don't have on tape that people saw in front of their eyes that, that could obviously, you know, I'm talking about from what I was, what was available to me in NFL history. That's the best catch. I think anybody who says otherwise is a fucking hater. I think it's, fu- it's the most ridiculous. That's the most ridiculous catch you'll ever see. Not the biggest, everybody. That's the difference. Not the biggest. It is the best athletic catch you will ever see, hands down. Go look at it again when he's at his highest point and his, his fucking, when he's bent back backwards the most and see what his body is doing in the air. It's a joke. It's a fucking joke. It's, insult, it, it's insulting to put anything, it's, it's just a joke. I don't know what else anybody saw, but send me the footage, please. Send me an NFL catch. That's more athletic than that. Please. I I will be the first to fucking eat, eat what do they say? Eat, my, whatever. Eat my fucking hat, whatever it is. I, I don't know what the fuck the saying is. Just send me a better, more athletic catch than that. That was, that was, you know. I mean, and it was a touchdown. That's the other thing. It's a rival game against the Cowboys. The game is still in hand and it's a touchdown. It's like, that's a big catch too. Now, the Giants stink, and they're not going anywhere. It's obviously not a Super Bowl, but that's a big catch. You know, and Burr's got this thing. You know, Burr's got this thing where it's always like, you always say it's the best. That's why, you know, it's it's like, no, that was. That fucking was. Look at it again. That was the, be- that was the best catch you'll ever see. You can't, nobody can name anything. And all they're going to do, and if you notice, all that people do, 
when they talk about a better catch than that is they go to a Super Bowl catch. Again, that's a bigger catch. That's not the point here. That's not my argument. Then we're arguing two different things. The point here is the best catch. Best and biggest are two different things. If you could tell me, if anybody could tell me that they saw a better athletic catch than that, send it to me. Because all people are sending me on YouTube is stuff that's good, but not even fucking close to what this kid did. Not to mention the kid's five foot fucking nine or five foot ten. It's a joke. I mean, it's just a joke. Now I'm going to get into the Babe Ruth argument. Babe Ruth, if you, you know, a lot of people say that Babe Ruth played in an era. Well, not even a lot of people. Just a few people that that have the argument that back in the day, you know, the competition wasn't good. That I looked up a ton of shit about this, okay? It, you could actually argue from the, from all the shit that I read, people that I talked to, you could actually argue that it was harder then. The the bats were 20 ounces. Some bats were 20 ounces heavier. These guys were swinging fucking trees. Okay, it was ridiculous. These guys had some of these guys had 50 ounce bats. Okay, not like these little wiffle ball twig, wiffle ball bat twigs that these guys are swinging around. That these fucking roided up monsters are swinging around. These little twigs. These guys were were, were swinging fucking oak trees. Okay, dead ball era. Didn't have all the juice and the pop where you hit the thing and the thing is like a fucking goddamn toy, a toy at a toy store, a rubber ball that just flies out of any damn park. It's a joke. The 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 um, tracks were put back so, so many feet, twenty five feet back, with a heavier bat, a dead ball era. Then, even though they didn't have a radar gun, they said that scientists back then were able to clock it. And they said everybody back then was throwing at least eighties and into the into the nineties and mid nineties. They were talking in the documentary about how, how Babe Ruth's hips would turn. It was just the way his body was, the way he would turn. And um, and just swing the bat with his hips. The ball just fucking, he would kill any ball in any era. Look at the guy's fucking stats. 714 home runs in further ballparks than anybody else. His whole career. And he did play into the 30s. Guy pitched six shutouts of baseball. Six. Nine innings. Shutouts. He also was uh, one of the pitchers in, in a combined no-hitter. Not to mention the gloves back then. Nobody wants to talk about that. The gloves back then were like fucking snow gloves. They didn't have not not like these not like these fucking fisherman nets that they have today. Where where every you know the giant thing. It, it really is a joke. He they they were fast runners. It's just it's it's just. I think that people can't understand when they see the fucking black and white and they see the shit you know from 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 so many years ago. But if the guys are still throwing as hard as they're throwing, you're hitting the ball fucking 500 feet. I mean, Babe Ruth's numbers hold up all these years later, and a guy didn't even take care of himself. The guy was drunk. The guy was eating all the time. He's the be- I think, honestly, I think, I think that Babe Ruth, and he's the first to do it. He's like the fucking Beatles, dude. It's Babe Ruth and then everybody else. Then you could talk. That's how I feel. Look up the stats to say that the numbers don't matter. It's that's that's ridiculous. No, fuck it. I'm going to the website right now. I'm going to the website right now. I'm sorry. This is fucking crazy. I mean, 
for a guy to do what he did, you know, he, first of all, he started it. They came to baseball game. He created baseball. People came because they wanted to see this guy hit the fucking ball the way he hit it. Here's Babe Ruth's career stats. His overall batting average, 342. Home runs, 714. Hits, 2,873 hits. RBIs, 2,213. His pitching record was 94 and 46 with an ERA of 2.28. He's top 10 in major league history in the following categories. Third on the home run list, 10th in batting average, second RBI list, first all-time slugging percentage with 690, second all-time on-base percentage with 474, first all-time with OPS with uh, 1.164, fourth all-time runs list, 2,174, sixth all-time total bases list, 5793, third all-times walks list. 2062. He played from 1914 to 1935. And in the 30s, in 1930, he had 49 home runs. In 1931, he had 46 home runs. In 19, I'm sorry, 1931. 1932, he had 41 home runs. In 33, he had 34 home runs. And then the last two years, uh, in 34, when he was old, he still had 22 home runs. And then in 35 was his last year. And I don't think he played many games. Let me see how many games he played. Yeah, he only played in 28 games and he still had six home runs. I mean, it's just, it's, it's Babe Ruth and it's a joke to even, it's almost, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to even talk about anybody else to say, if I will, I will listen to Hank Aaron. I will listen to, to Willie Mays. I will listen to all those guys second. But when you want to talk baseball, I can't even get in this, in the discussion if Babe Ruth's not number one. I can't even engage in the talk. It has nothing. I don't give a fuck when he played. It doesn't matter. It's the, so that argument basically says, and I'll say this too. That argument basically says, with how faster NFL players are now, and yes, there are more supplements now, and there's way more things that people doing now with these ice tubs and all these fucking you know medical things that these guys are doing, and and you know the the doctors that they have. That you could say that the NFL players of today are way better, way faster, and the guys in the '60s and '70s don't fucking matter even in the early 80s, because none of these, you know, linemen and, and linebackers were as fast or as strong. It's not, you know, I actually think, I actually think, though, that the NFL was easier in the 80s, in the 70s and 80s, just because I thought that these guys weren't as, I just don't think that they weren't as specimens as they are now, you know, but, but whatever. I, I don't, I think that hitting a 90 mile an hour fastball is hitting a 90 mile an hour fastball. I don't, you know, I don't care what year it is, you know, if it's fucking 1795 and you hit a 90 mile an hour fastball 500 feet, you're a fucking animal. And when you do it that many times, it's, it's just ridiculous. You know, I think, I think that, um, I think that Babe Ruth stole, like stole home plate six times. Here, I'm, you know, I'm going to read, this is, you guys could believe me, you know, whatever, whatever you believe in, I'm just going to read some Babe Ruth quotes right now. These are awesome, uh, these are awesome quotes. I just, these are just famous Babe Ruth quotes. So it has nothing to do with the argument. 
I'm just going to calm down and read some Babe Ruth quotes. <coughs> Babe Ruth said, The only real game, I think, in the world is baseball. Uh, I hear the cheers when they roared and the jeers when they echoed. Uh, Never let the fear of striking out get in your way. I like that one. Um, I said, I'm going to hit the next one right over the flagpole. God must have been with me. Um, This is a great Babe Ruth quote. Babe Ruth said, baseball changes through the years. It gets milder. I love it. Um, I have just one superstition. Whenever I hit a home run, I make certain I touch all four bases. Um, I wouldn't be happy until we have every boy in America between the ages of 6 and 16 wearing a glove and swinging a bat. All ball players should quit when it starts to feel as if all the baselines run uphill. Um, those are just those are just some. I mean, he's got a, he's got a ton in here. Um, but you know, here's some famous quotes about Babe Ruth. Okay, some 20 years ago, I stopped talking about the Babe for the simple reason that I realized that those who had never seen him didn't believe me. That was sports writer Tommy Holmes. Um, somebody wrote Babe Ruth. Uh, Tris Speaker, Tris Speaker on Babe Ruth's uh, future in 1921. He said, uh, Ruth made a grave mistake when he gave up pitching. Working once a week, he might have lasted a long time and become a great star. That was in 1921. Um, Lefty Gomez, his teammate, said, No one hit home runs the way Babe did. They were something special. They were like, they were like uh, homing pigeons. The ball would leave the bat, pause briefly, suddenly gain its bearings, then take off for the stands. Um, some this is a great one by uh, Joe uh, Joe Dugan, a teammate. He said, "To understand him, you had to understand this: he wasn't human." Bill Dickey, teammate, wrote, he hits the ball harder and further than any man I ever saw. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I'm just, it's just, I just feel that like when an iconic guy like this gets disrespected, it's crazy. To say, I mean, it, it's almost like dissing Jordan. It's, it's it, you know, anybody who tries to poke holes in Jordan's game, it, it doesn't make any sense. The guy was like nine-time all-defensive. I mean, guy's one of the best. You could argue that only Bill Russell's a better defender than Jordan ever in history. You could argue that. So, anybody who, did, you know, I, I just, I, so moving forward, I just, I just can never have the argument again. I can't. I can't have the argument again. It's Babe Ruth and everybody else. I'll talk second all day. It's just there's Babe Ruth on top of some mountain and then everybody else is on a little hill under him. That's just how it is. It's an abs- it's an absolute fucking joke. Oh. I mean, what does a guy got to do? I mean, he did it He did it in the 30s. Guy almost hit 50 home runs in the 30s. You know? He played in 19... I'll go to the... Yeah. 
from 1929 to 1934, he hit over 200 home runs in the 30s. And saying that that error doesn't matter, then you're totally disrespecting Honus Wagner, Rogers Hornsby. I mean, all these got Ty Cobb. It just, you know, it, it's just, it's it's not even worth arguing about. So, that's it. I feel better. I had to do that. I got into arguments. We were all, we were arguing, a bunch of us were arguing about this. I was arguing with Bill Burr. I was arguing with, we, um, we have all these conversations, but whatever. That's the best part about sports is arguing this stuff. But, I mean, when it's just plain and simple, it's plain and simple. All right, let's get into some... I'm fired up right now. Let's get into some unacceptables here. Uh, My unacceptable for the week, there were two things that happened that were just absolutely insane. One was gross. So, you know, I'll do both of them. You guys could pick which one. (laughs) You guys could pick which one is my unacceptable, but... We go to a party, and uh, we're at a party, we're at a little get-together, and there's a dude sitting there, and we're talking sports, we were talking NFL, and he's just talking, and like, I don't know if he's drunk or buzzed, but he's just sitting there, and he's like, you know, kind of, not slurring, but you could tell the dude was buzzed, and he's just drinking, and he's got sauce like all over his lips. And while he's talking, it was, it was a big guy too. And while he's talking, this just fucking chunk of something flies out of his mouth, or like this just glob of sauce just flies out of his mouth and just lands on his shirt, like right in between his chest and his stomach. And it's just sitting there. And I saw it and I almost threw up. It was one of the most disgusting things that I've ever seen. Because it was just some dude, just some big dude just sitting there like blubbering. And then like this glob of shit just hits his shirt. And I don't know if he saw it or not, but the other people in the room saw it. And I just saw it. And instead of wiping it, this guy just let it dry in his shirt and ignored it. And it got me to the point where I'm actually getting sick now. It got me so sick to just see that like this guy's shirt just has like fucking dried in whatever, some kind of liquid sauce in it, and he just didn't give a shit, and he's just chewing, and he's chewing nasty, and his mouth is all fucked up looking, it was one of the most unacceptable, disgusting things I've ever seen, it was one of the most ungentleman, just no manners type of animal, absolute fucking animal, I've never seen a grown man just spit on himself, and just let it dry in his shirt, didn't even attempt to grab a napkin, didn't even try to like, oh, I'm sorry. Didn't the words excuse me weren't even were the furthest thing from this guy's mind. I mean, this guy was just about eating the shit he was eating, drinking, blubbering about just talking about sports, and he just lets this like ugh, it was just a and I, it really ruined, it ruined like I couldn't eat anymore. It actually helped me cuz I I just was like I can't eat anymore. It's the most disgusting thing ever. And another thing I don't like, when you're at a party, have things like, if you have like a platter and stuff, have fucking toothpicks out, you know, it's unacceptable to just have a bunch of fucking people's hands just grabbing, you know, some guy just took a piss, 
some woman just changed a baby's diaper and they're fucking grabbing like blocks of cheese and fucking cold cuts. It's disgusting. Have it wrapped up like individually or have, you know, have the, the, you know, toothpicks there for you to eat. But it's just, it's ridiculous. It was the most unacceptable, disgusting thing I've ever seen. You know, have some sort of like, could you imagine just spitting on yourself and just seeing a glob of shit fly out of your mouth and just and you just fucking let it dry in? Like I actually just saw it disappear in this guy's shirt. Absolutely unacceptable. One of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. Fucking animal. The other one was last night. We went to a movie and we saw Big Hero 6 with my son. Me and my wife and my son. My daughter was with my mother-in-law. And I'll get into the movie review after. There's a kid sitting behind us. One of these nerdy... He was just a nerd. And he was... I don't know if he was with a sister or on a date. Every time he opened his mouth, the girl with him would just go, Shh, stop it. The shit that came out of this kid's mouth was so enraging. I wanted to just go, Dude, are you going to say fucking something dumb after everything that happened? First of all, every trailer, after every trailer, he would go. Yeah, I like that trailer. That was really, that'll really get me to go see them. He was one of those guys who thought it was funny. So he would just say something stupid. Like, yeah, that'll really get me to, I love it. Or, yeah, uh, how does that work, huh? Like, it was just, he was one of these guys that, I don't know if he thought he was funny or if he was just socially awkward and trying too hard. It was the worst commentary. It was the dumbest shit. Then during the movie... He would literally, when a scene would happen, he would just go, yeah, how is that legal, huh? Yeah, and it was, it was just, the mo- it was so bad that not only was nothing he said funny, but it was like, this has to be his sister because there is no way this guy is putting his penis inside of anything other than his hand, ever. Like he would be like, uh, yeah, I don't know if that would happen. Or, well, how could she turn the car left and then it goes right? <laughs> and and it was just, and to the point where after every scene, I just prayed that there would be quiet and this guy wouldn't talk anymore. I wanted to turn around and go, listen, dude, listen, you fucking nerd who needs to fucking talk. If you say one more thing, I'm going to grab you by your fucking throat and I'm going to make you eat this fucking Sour Patch Kid box. I'm going to make you eat it. Okay, and the only thing you're going to be hearing from you is you moaning and groaning while cardboard goes down your throat. That I, I wanted I wanted to fucking grab this kid by his throat and put my knee in his chest and just fucking feed him garbage to make him shut up. And just while screaming in his face, shut the fuck up. Do you want to shut your fucking mouth? It's not funny. It's the dumbest shit. Do you understand that? Do you listen to the girl next to you? She doesn't want you talking because not only is it awkward and loud and people are trying to watch a movie, which is completely rude, it's the dumbest shit ever. It's not funny. My five-year-old could have had, had more clever things to say. First of all, you're watching an animated movie. What do you mean, how is that legal? You're watching an animated movie, you dipshit. You fucking asshole. Oh my God. It just, it drove me nuts. It drove me absolutely crazy to listen to this guy's shit. Ugh. I just, I, 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 I don't know. I, I just, he said every, every time I wanted a break from this guy. 
And of course, of course, sitting right behind us, sitting right behind the one fucking guy who's got to make a comment, a nerdy fucking saying, the one guy just had to sit behind us. I wanted to fucking strangle him with a Twizzler. Unacceptable. Shut your mouth. Nobody wants to hear it. Let me tell you guys something. If you ever find me in doing that, I want you to slap me in the fucking face. Did you notice she turned left and the car went right? How does that happen? <laughs> Why would the villain do that? Like, it was... Oh. Yeah, this is the type of guy that fucking probably cried, you know, cried at Superman. Um, all right, so that's my unacceptables. Let's get into your unacceptables. I'm sorry, guys. I'm fired up. I'm fired up because every, everyone's opinion's fucking bothering me. I'm fired up. Um, all right, let me see here. Your guys' unacceptables for the week. Here we go. And thank you. I got a bunch this week, so I'll try to get through these here. But here we go. This one is from, oh no, hold on, I'm sorry about that, I messed up, okay, this one is, wait, what, okay, this one is from uh, Nathan Tice, and Nathan says, just left Walmart, there was a lady in front of me with 10 items or less, I was about to finish up buying her items. I turned away real quick to grab a drink from the line over and came back to unpleasantly greeted with a nasty stank-ass fart this fat mess left to me to smell as she walked off. Completely unacceptable. I wish I had yelled out, unacceptable. I posted this on Facebook immediately. To the lady who farted and walked away from the checkout line. <laughs> yep. You're nasty. You're nasty. Completely unacceptable. Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing that I could say for her, and that's a hilarious, unacceptable, but at least she walked away. But yeah, she could have held it until she got away. You know, she was probably like, oh, fuck this guy. He's going to go grab an extra drink. I'm going to give it to him. But that's gross. And I'm sorry. And, and listen, no matter how you slice it, it's grosser for a woman. It's grosser. It's just... <laughs> Oh, God. Thank you for the unacceptable, Nathan. That was, um, that is pretty fucking gross, though. It's like, you know, to smell that in a, and you were in a grocery store. Too. Oh, no, you're in Walmart. You're in Walmart. So it's kind of almost like an expected smell, I guess. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Has he got another one? Um, yes, we do. This one is from A.J. Lesher. And he wrote this uh, last week. Okay, so A.J. says, Let me set the stage for this unacceptable. I just sit down in the, in the shutter at my local... In the shutter? Uh, at my local Buffalo Wild Wings during halftime of the Bears-Bucks. In the Bears-Bucks game. At that point of the game, the shutter was pretty much uh, where the Bears' beloved uh, 
uh, belonged, okay, where the bears belonged anyway. When after I just pinched my first, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry, this is, I just got to make sure that this is, uh... all right, yeah, okay, this <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm sorry, guys. This is, uh, all right, here we go. I'm going to start over. I don't know what the, I just sit down and, uh, sit down. oh, okay, he fucked up. He fucked up. I got it. He was saying the shitter. He tried to say shitter and autocorrected shutter. Okay, let's start again. Sorry about that. I'm sitting there going, the shutter in the fucking uh, Buffalo Wild, is that like a section? Okay. Let me set the stage for this unacceptable. I just sit down in the shitter at my local Buffalo Wild Wings during halftime of the Bears-Bucks game. Uh, at that point of the game, the shitter was pretty much where Bears where Bears belonged anyway. When after I just pinched my first deposit, I hear this dude, obviously drunk, yelling at his kid because... Uh, See that? We were in here five minutes ago, and you didn't have to go. Now there's a guy in there. I can't believe this shit. Then they leave the bathroom. Mind you, there is only one shit stall in this Buffalo Wild Wings, which is, accept, uh, which is unacceptable in itself. But I digress. I felt bad for the little kid, so I rushed my situation along as fast as I can when I hear them come back in and this time kind of peek between the crack of the door to see what... <laughs> the, uh, crack of the door uh, to, see, to see what I'm about to deal with. Dude was leaning against the wall looking at his phone while the little guy is doing his best pee-pee dance. So I wipe and flush, feeling bad for the kid for two reasons. A, having an asshole watching over him, and B, how bad that stall now smells. I go over to the sink where the dude is still looking at his phone and is in front of the paper towel dispenser, and he says to the kid, go on, hurry up before somebody gets in there before you again. So I wash my hands and start shaking my head. I look at the dude in the mirror and said, unacceptable. This dude then says, hmm, what was that? I just shook my head again. I turned around and went for the paper towel, dripping uh, my hand uh, for the paper towel. Paper towels dripping my wet hands and f and on his his feet and said what the fuck I don't know I think there's an auto check here anyway he's wiping his hands and shit and he said you're an animal for talking to oh shit you're an animal for talking to the kid like that and it's unacceptable and my hand to God this guy says to me Verzi effect listener too huh and laughs I was shocked and didn't know how to respond other than say yeah you're right who the fuck knew Gross audience. Guy is still an asshole. Wow, what? Holy shit. That's awesome. And uh, if I remember correctly, AJ, I think you actually whispered to a guy unacceptable once too, which is awesome. And I believe you were at the show where the bottle got thrown at me. So uh, you're obviously a real fan. That's awesome. Um, 
Yeah, the auto spelling thing kind of fucked me up with a couple things. Because if I would have just kept the story shutter, everybody would have been confused. But that's, um, wow, man. That's pretty nuts. And definitely unacceptable. So that's a great one. Thank you. Um, wow, I can't believe two guys are fighting in the shitter at a fucking Buffalo Wild Wings and they both listen to the show. That's right, everybody. TVE. One dickhead at a time. You know what sucks is he's going to hear that now and know it was him. So uh, I don't want any brawls over there at the Buffalo Wild Wings, whether it's Chicago or whatever. Uh, But that's really cool to know. So thank you so much for that. Um, Let's go into some unacceptables here on Twitter. And um, we got a lot. We got a lot of them. And there were a couple of really good ones and funny ones. Uh, But the nice thing was I didn't have an unacceptable for Thanksgiving this year. Because usually people can act, you know, usually there's one thing that happens. But I don't know which is worse. The kid talking in the movie theater, the guy letting shit dry on his, the guy letting shit dry on his thing is just, you know, I don't know. It's just fucking weird. You can't allow that. You can't do that. You can't, you can't spit on yourself and just fucking let it dry on your shirt. Uh, okay, this was from Sam at Samuel Maturo. M-A-T-U-R-O. At Paul Verzi, you know what's unacceptable? Working in the mall on Black Friday. Hashtag animals. Hashtag unacceptable. Yeah, I've learned to stay away. I was actually talking to my brother about it. I would rather pay an extra $400 for the TV than wait online in a tent with the amount of animals that are standing outside of Best Buy. Uh, and I got a lot of these. This is from uh, Zorg uh, Blurman at Sirius Black Kid. Uh, and that's S-I-R-I-U-S. Like, I guess, like, Sirius Radio, Black Kid with two Ds. At Paul Verzi, Black Friday, unacceptable. Um, this is from Squeaky, Dougie Fez. At Dougie Fez, with I-E-F-E-Z. At Paul Verzi, Christmas lights before Thanksgiving. It is early this year, isn't it? You guys noticed that, too. I went into a, a, a Target or one of these stores. I was getting diapers and shit, and I look up... And they have all, like, Christmas is early. They were actually playing Christmas carols the day before Thanksgiving. It keeps getting earlier, man. Um, I, you know, I, overzealous, I don't know I don't know if I call it unacceptable, but, I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. I mean, like, my wife wants to get the Christmas tree, like, tomorrow, and I'm like, let's wait a minute. You know, the fucking thing starts to die. Let's just, let's just hang on for a second and see what happens. You know, um, somebody wrote, uh, oh, somebody sent me, uh, a couple of people sent me catches, you know, uh, other catches for, um, you know, the Odell Beckham catch. And some are in high school, I think, and some are in college. I get it. There have been great catches out there. I was talking NFL history, and I still don't think athletically I'll ever you'll ever see anything better than that. So, but thank you guys for taking the time out to send, you know, to send some stuff. Um... Here we go. This is from uh, Matt Bo, I believe. Or Bu? Bo. Uh, at, and then it's uh, B-O-U-G-L-E-1. That's the Twitter feed. He said, at Coffee Mate, are you serious with chocolate chip coffee, with chocolate chip cookie flavored coffee mate? Unacceptable. Hashtag Armageddon <laughs> uh, at Paul Verzi. 
Um, chocolate chip, yeah, it's coffee's got to be coffee, man. Come on. Everything's turning into a fucking milkshake. Speaking of that, the other day I was in, um, oh, I had a great week last week. I didn't even get to mention it. Uh, I performed at the stand in front of ABC, which was awesome. I had a great time. And then I did, um, I did a theater in Jersey. I did the, uh, what's the name of the theater? I did the Newton Theater in Jersey. Then I was at the Laughing Devil and stuff, but I stopped. I wanted an iced coffee and there was no Starbucks. There was no Dunkin' Donuts. There was no place to get it. So I'm on the phone with my buddy, and I was like, hey, does, does McDonald's, because there's a drive-thru, does McDonald's have coffee? And I get they, they, I guess they have this Mick, um, Mick Cafe or whatever it is. So I, um, I go there, and I said to the person, I said, I want a medium iced coffee. I said, one Splenda and very little skim milk. This bitch gave me a fucking vanilla milkshake. It was white. It was white. It was sweet as... Com- she. I don't even think she... I think she was on fucking idiot autopilot. Just dumb person autopilot. Where they're just like, what would you like? Okay, medium coffee with Santa. And, and they just, just put it in fuck... Put it in anything. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. So it is unacceptable. Chocolate chip cookie flavored... Co- just fucking coffee's coffee. Thank you for the... Um, thank you for the... Submission. This is from Griff at King underscore Griffin underscore at Paul Verzi. Went to a hockey game. Guy behind us wouldn't shut up the entire time and wasn't even talking about the game. Unacceptable. It is unacceptable. It is. There's not even, I mean, that's just exactly what it is. Thank you. Kyle uh, Weiser at Colorblind Dad. At Paul Verzi, when somebody pays for a $45 dry cleaning order with all $1 bills, unacceptable hashtag animal. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, this one. Uh, here we go. This is a little controversy here on the Verzi effect, but I'll talk about it, and I agree with it. At Paul Verzi, Ferguson protesters blocking an ambulance. Can't see it by blocking. Uh, can't see it by blocking an intersection. Hashtag unacceptable. Yeah, I mean that's the one thing about protesters that people have to understand because there was actually one in Manhattan after the Ferguson thing, and uh, the the ambulance couldn't get through, and there was somebody in in bad shape in there. So, it's uh, you know, it's tough. It's it's you know you got to fucking. You know, at that point, the ambulance should, dude. If, could you imagine if your father or child was in that ambulance dying? And somebody's sitting in there fucking protesting about something that's in another state. These fucking people should be run down, man. It's fucking unacceptable. Ridiculous. See, right when I was calming down, Eric, you got me all crazy. Okay. This is, um, what is this here? This is from Eric Martin at E, who, at, uh, I'm just going to spell it at E-W-H-O-A-D-Y. At Paul Verzi, recent listener, TVE podcast. Love the unacceptable segment. Hilarious. Sad you skipped my shout-out on episode 186. You still fool. You know what? I'm shouting you out now, Eric Martin. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, send me another unacceptable, and I'll be sure to read it. You see that, Eric? That's all you had to do with me. Because I'm a nice guy. <laughs> all right. This is from um, Sean. At Sean Strass, S-T-R-A-S, or at least that's the Twitter feed, at Sean Strass. Have a doctor's appointment. No one 
not one person in the waiting room, but still have a 30-minute wait. Hashtag unacceptable at Paul Verzi. And he showed me a picture of the waiting room with one, two, three, four, five, a bunch of empty chairs. Nobody's in there. I know. The other day I brought, I was actually wrong. The other day I brought my son to the doctor and I just had a crazy time getting my son and daughter in the car, forgetting things they needed to drink. And I didn't get to the doctor till about 12, 15 minutes later. And they were like, listen, you're going to have to wait a second. And they put somebody in front of me and it was, um, absolutely justified and they were right in doing it. But there were a lot of time and they were actually quick getting me in. But what I, what I think is that, um, if the doctor, you know, would see you when you're supposed to be seen, I think less people would even be late. You know, I've literally gone to the doctor with my kids and waited 15, 20 minutes. I've personally gone to the doctor and waited 40 minutes. And it's like, if you tell me that, it's like, just have me go in at the time and I'll be there. You know, but I mean, again, it was hard with the kids, but I hear you, man. Especially if the waiting room's empty, that's even more unacceptable. This is from Dalton at uh, Disco Lieutenant. Dalton at Disco Lieutenant at Paul Verzi. Smokers go outside to do their business while people who chew can spit casually indoors. Do that somewhere else. Hashtag unacceptable. Yeah, it's nasty. It's nasty, man. Um, let's see here. Thank you for the submission. This one is from... Cub Illusion at Kyle PA23 at Paul Verzi. Bands and artists skipping. Uh, what is that? Altali- on there. Oh, okay. They skipped a town. I'm sorry, I can't. I couldn't pronounce that. They skipped a town in, in um on their Australian tour, and it's a recurring theme. Needs to stop. All right. Uh, hashtag unacceptable. Um, Paul Verzi, Matt Lockyer uh, says, at Matt D. Lock, Y-E-R, at Paul Verzi, animal leaves bag with food, uh, with food waste and Tupperware on my desk at work all weekend, stinking up the place. Hashtag animal, hashtag unacceptable. Yeah, that's fucked up. That would piss me off. Um... All right, this is from Ryan Carroll at Rye, C-A-R-R-O-11, at Paul Verzi. This is what my tree lawn looked like after the city's leaf removal service came. And they just put leaves all over, yeah. There's leaves everywhere, that sucks. Um, Justin Pittman, at Justin T. Pittman, at Paul Verzi, heard a grown-ass man call a New England Patriots... Uh, call my New England Patriots Brady's Bunch. Enough with the cute names. This is the NFL football. Unacceptable. Uh, <laughs> uh, Zach Lambert at ZB Lambert at Paul Verzi. Setting your drink on my car while holding a bag of burgers trying to find your car key. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag animal. <laughs> Oh, God. Let's see. This is from Chris Frost at uh, CM Frosty Boy. To the animal that just took a dump and didn't wash his hands, it's okay to just walk out? Question mark. You're disgustingly unacceptable. (laughs) 
Oh, God. I love that you guys are paying attention. Chad Pavic at C-H-A-D-P-A-V-I-C-H at Paul Verzi, NFC, NFC South, unacceptable Phil Sims, unacceptable. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I will do a couple more. We'll do a couple more and that's it. We got I think we're getting uh we're getting down to it here. What aren't we? Let's see where the Holy shit. This is a long episode. I gotta get I gotta get through this. I think that might wait, that might be it. Is that it? Um Oh, David Gavry. David Gavry at David G Money. Person on my plane next to me. Watching a movie on their laptop, no headphones, just blasting that shit. What the fuck are you doing? Unacceptable at Paul Verzi. Yeah, that's the word. You know what, Dave? We I was on a train and someone was FaceTiming with their loved one. Going, yeah, I'm just on a train right now. Look, you could see and just like yelling it out loud, man. Um all right, and this will be the last one. This is from Eric Watkins at EWAT20 at Paul Verzi. Sorry for the double submission, but Verizon Fios not showing football on Thanksgiving is also unacceptable. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That would drive me nuts because it were great football games or just great matchups. I mean, you know, uh, I love seeing the Cowboys lose, even though I hate the Eagles. That was cool. And, um, you know, the 49ers just aren't the same team. They they want the coach out of there. That's a big problem. When you know the coach is going to go, I think that that make, changes how you play. I do. Because that means that you're really not really respecting him. Even though you know he wins, he's an asshole. I, I think that's a big problem. But the Knicks stink. Can't even watch the Knicks. Just hope they get a draft pick. I can't believe it's before December and they're just awful. So... Who knows what's going to happen with the Knicks. Uh, I got to get into sports real quick, and then I will get into um, the plugs. I didn't realize the show was this long. But I figured give you guys a little extra overtime since it was a little late, and I'll be back on Wednesday. Okay. All right. Now, Sook, uh, Sook. I sook my son. Sounds like a fucking... I sook my son to sook... Uh, I took my son to see uh, Big Hero 6 with my wife yesterday. And I gotta tell you, man, all the things I heard, I wanted to love it and think it was amazing, and it just didn't do it for me. I liked it. It was okay. You know, I'm sure there's parents here that, that listen and took their kid to see it. I just, I just, I don't know. It, it just, it was like, all right. I mean, granted, I was very tired. I was very tired and stuff, but I, I just, I didn't love it. I know, I think my son, you know, my son's very smart and he picks up movies and there were some things, you know, that he needed to be explained in the movie. My wife kind of felt the same way. I thought that it was a nice story, you know, and those Pixar and Disney movies always have the sad shit where somebody dies and then you got it. Like, that was kind of like one of those things, but that always happens. But It was good, but I just, like, the villain had the... The villain's like powers or what the villain did was just a little too much over the top. And, you know, I know it's a cartoon or an animated thing, but I just felt like they could have kept it, you know. I still thought How to Train My Dragon 2 was the shit. You know, How to Train Your Dragon 2 was the shit. Uh, I wouldn't say don't take your kid to this because I think that it definitely did the job and I think that there's some cool parts of it. 
and I think it's got the sentimental stuff, but um, I just feel that, you know, it, it, I don't know. I would say this. I think like an eight or nine-year-old would like it better than a five-year-old, like a 10-year-old, you know, it, it would be probably better for them. But, you know, me watching it and trying to concentrate, I spent a fucking fortune in the movie theater. I mean, we got everything. We got snacks, we got food, we got drink. It was like going to a fucking Yankee game. And I just, uh, yeah, the movie didn't justify it. I still got to see a bunch of movies out there. I still want to see a few things. And um, I'm excited for Horrible Bosses too. I saw the first one. I loved the first Horrible Bosses. So I'm hoping that this one is as good. Same thing with Dumb and Dumber. Love the first one. So that's it. So I would rate it from a scale of 1 to 10. I'd give it like a 6.5 or a 7. Gets the job done. It's good, but nothing like crazy. I thought that a lot of the um, trailer and coming attractions that they showed for the kids was like kind of some of the best parts of the movie. But whatever. That's just my opinion. So I'll give it one. Instead of two thumbs up, I'll give it like... I don't know. I give it like a half a thumb up. If that makes any fucking sense. All right, I'm getting tired. Here we go. Uh, guys, I'm excited. I have a brand new website. It is paulverzi.com. V-I-R-Z-I. Go to it. paulverzi.com. It has all updated shows. More shows are even being added. Looks like I'm going back to Hilarities in Cleveland December 11th, 12th, and 13th. Come out. Smoke a stick. November, uh, December 11, 12, and 13, I will be in Cleveland, Ohio at Hilarities. Just got those dates added. Also, um, new dates for The Stand and Stand Up New York will be on there. Um, working on some other stuff too. So December looks pretty good. But please check out the new website. It's um, all redone. Um, I'm proud of it. It looks great. And, um, you know, check that out. Also follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. Dot com. Tonight I'll be with my buddy Giannis Pappas. We're doing a couple of shows in uh, Connecticut. We're doing Mohegan Sun and we're doing some kind of treehouse comedy, like some bar that does comedy. We're doing a couple of shows tonight. We're going to be running around Connecticut tonight and then finishing out at the Mohegan Sun Casino. We're doing that on um, December 3rd. You can check me out. I'll be at the Cutting Room. The Cutting Room in New York City, 10 o'clock, December 3rd. Should be a great lineup and a lot of fun. So I'll be there. And uh, for all other dates, uh, again, I have a ton of dates that will be on the site for December going into January. Check it out at the brand new paulverzi.com. I did see all of your guys' comments. Uh, I read each and every one of your comments on um, on the iTunes review page. And I can't thank you enough some of the latest ones were so nice and amazing. So thank you. Um, means the world to me. And, um, you know, you guys are the best. And the fact that more and more people are listening. Um, I just looked at the numbers again. And the last three months, you know, it's almost at 100 hits. 100,000 hits, I'm sorry. If it was 100 hits, I'd fucking be like, I might be have to pack up shop. Um, almost at, almost at 99,000 and like 200 something hits for the last three months of the show, which, uh, I, is incredible. So, uh, you guys are the shit, man. Sorry again, this was late. This will be on, um, I'll be back on uh, Wednesday night. All right. Hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back. Uh, keep sending the unacceptables until then I'm out.